broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, another day back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, another day to talk some Raider ball, talk about the second day of the legal tampering period as far as free agency goes. Of course, the new league year gets started tomorrow, and boy, oh boy, there's been plenty of fireworks when it comes to the silver and black. And funny story, and this is something that actually was going on during the regular season, that every time Lincoln, JT, and myself recorded a Raider roundtable, as soon as we were done, breaking news would happen. Well, today was the first time back in the lab in a very long time as far as the Raiders roundtable goes. First time in the offseason that we've done the Raiders roundtable. The last time we did a Raiders roundtable, we were at the Super Bowl in Phoenix, Arizona. So you know when that was. That was early February. And uh, yeah, so this is the first time we get back into the lab. We get it all recorded. Talk about all the free agent moves that had happened. Jimmy G. We even touched on Jacoby Myers because that is something we heard about earlier today. Marcus Epps. Talked about Brandon Faison, you know, just yeah, guys like that. And also talked about, you know, what, what we were looking for moving forward and what we thought the Raiders may be up to. And lo and behold, as soon as the show is over and it hits YouTube and it's out there, then all of a sudden, and I go into a meeting, of course. I can't forget about that. I went into a meeting with uh, our boss, Natalie, go into a meeting every single Tuesday with her. And we were talking about potential moves. And it was funny when the meeting got wrapped up, we're talking about potential moves. And I was like, well, you know, I wouldn't be surprised that this happened or that happened or the other happened. Walk away, get back to my office and see my phone and see all the alerts that I have missed. And uh, yeah, that's when we find out the news of Darren Waller being traded to the New York Giants for a third round pick. So I go back hustling back to Natalie's office and said, all right, forget everything I just told you. Apparently, Darren Waller's on his way to New York. So uh, that was obviously the big news of the day so far. It's still early. It's only 2.02. Uh, there's plenty of time for more moving and shaking to go on with the silver and black. But uh, I, I, I said immediately when I saw it, tweeted out, didn't expect this to happen. Uh, didn't, didn't see it coming. I really didn't. And there's multiple reasons why I probably should have seen it coming, but I didn't. And I'm not trying to sound like an insider. I never try to sound like an insider, so I don't ever want to come off and, oh, yeah, I knew that was happening or I felt like that was going to happen. No, I just didn't see it. Didn't see Darren Waller. I figured that he was going to be a part of the mix this upcoming year. You had Jimmy G. You're going to have Darren Waller, Devontae Adams, you know, Hunter Renfro. Assuming that uh, Josh Jacobs is back, and then they add Jacoby Myers to the mix. And to be honest with you, when I heard about Jacoby Myers, I thought, well, I wonder I wonder if Hunter's going to be around. Just because they play the slot position, they both play a slot position, even though Jacoby Myers could play the inside and the out. So really, if there was anyone that I was kind of looking at and maybe even, uh, you know, just kind of patiently waiting to see what happens with him uh, later on the week, I thought it was going to be Hunter Renfro, not Darren Waller. But here we are, and a business decision has been made, a trade has been made, and the Raiders are going to get a third-round pick, which in a draft that has very deep and tight ends, I'm actually kind of surprised that they were able to get a third-round tight end, a third-round pick out of uh, the G-Men for Darren Waller. But there you go. Darren Waller headed out, out east, headed to New York, going to go play with the Giants, and the Raiders get that third-round pick, and now they're up to about 12 picks in the upcoming draft. And a little bit more extra money in their salary cap, about $27 million, I believe, they're at right now with the $11 million that they save from Darren Waller. So we'll see. 
how it all shakes out. Of course, at some point of the show, Raider Nation, we're going to hear from you at 702-365-9200. We'll let you know when to call in. And, of course, our don'tbebroke.com text line is always wide open like some old school TV antennas at 69187, keyword R&R. It's already blowing up, so we'll definitely get to that. But I have a lot of good guests that we have coming up on the show today. Very excited about the guys that we have an opportunity to talk to. Uh, and we do that each and every day. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. He'll join the show at 2.30. We'll just kind of recap everything that's gone on with the Silver and Black from Jimmy G to Darren Waller, and everything in between. So we'll talk all things silver and black with uh, Paul, what direction he thinks that the Raiders are going, what other moves he anticipates potentially the Raiders movement making in the next couple days. Because, look, it's still early in the process. The new league year hasn't even hit yet. So there's plenty of time for more things to go ahead and happen. And, of course, with the, the free agency, with the salary cap space being opened up now to around $27 million, uh, with Darren Waller and, and uh, that $11 million that they're going to save there, maybe there's a big move that they plan on making. Maybe there's a big-time defensive player that they, they try to make a run at. I'm not 100% sure, but we will see. And uh, obviously we'll find out sooner rather than later. So we'll talk all things Raiders and their transaction with Paul Gutierrez from ESPN Coming up at 2.30 every, every Tuesday at 3 o'clock, we have John McClain from GalleriesSports.com and Sports Radio 610 in Houston. He's actually Vegas-bound. He'll be headed this way, I believe, tomorrow. He'll be in town. So uh, we'll talk to John McClain about everything going on in the NFL in general. Uh, we'll talk about some of the moves that the Raiders have made. And Houston was a team that was in on Jimmy G as well. I don't know how hot and heavy they went after Jimmy G, but I know that uh, before the legal tampering period opened up, the conversations were between the Texans, the Jets, and the Raiders. And, of course, the Jets are waiting for the Aaron Rodgers news to drop. So that was going to be their fallback plan if Aaron Rodgers didn't go through. But now the Raiders have Jimmy G. Houston does not. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Chicago leapfrogging the Texans and getting the number one overall pick and what he thinks that Houston will do at that point. And, of course, the other quarterbacks in the draft. And, again, all things NFL. We'll talk with John McClain coming up at 3. 3.30, Mike DeBate, host of Locked on Pats. He'll join the show, and he'll talk all things Jacoby Myers, what he brings to the table. He's a guy that's clearly very familiar with Josh McDaniels. Uh, he comes from the Patriots. I know a lot of Raider Nation is not excited about another Patriot being added to the mix, but I really don't care where they come from as long as they're out, able to go out there and execute. If they're able to go out there and execute and, and play at a high level and have a lot of success, and let's make no mistake about it, he, made, he had a lot of success in 2022. Now, I know most of Raider Nation will only remember him for that lateral that he threw that Chandler Jones took to the house and made the walk-off victory against the Patriots. What was that, week 15 of the last season? I'm sure that's all that Raider Nation is going to remember. But the guy played in about 14 games, had, uh, I think he had 60-something catches with 800-something yards and six touchdowns. So that's good production right there. So if he can go into this system with Jimmy G now as the quarterback and under Josh McDaniels and go out there and perform and be a really good number two, to Devontae Adams, number one, then I'm all for it. I don't, I, it, like I said, I don't care where these guys come from. I know that the NFL, there's no longer the thing about staying with the team forever. They're, right? I mean, it's just, it's very rare that you see a guy stick with the team forever. And on top of that, these guys don't carry, you know, team to team grudges like they used to back in the day, right? What we used to like to see. When a guy you know, played with the Chiefs and he hated the Raiders, and when a guy played with the Raiders and he hated the Chiefs, like we don't see that anymore. So I don't get hung up on that stuff anymore. We don't see them after the game you know, beefing with each other too often. We don't see them after the game getting in each other's face. We don't. What we see is jersey swaps. We see guys hugging it out. We see guys taking pictures. We, you know what I mean? So 
I'm whatever. It is what it is. I don't really care where the player comes from as long as they can go out there and perform and help your team win. To me, that's all that matters. So Mike DeBate, host of Locked On Patriots, he'll join us at 3.30 to talk all things Jacoby Myers. We'll also talk a little Jimmy G with him at 3.30. At 4 o'clock, we'll take a little bit of a turn. Christina uh, Mikaloon, uh, Raider Image Senior Buying Manager, she's going to join us as the Raider Image is having a big blowout sale. Uh, and, well, with all the turnover that the Raiders have had, I can understand why they're having a big blowout sale, but they're going to have a big blowout sale at Allegiant Stadium. They do it every single year. So we just get a little bit of an update on what's going on, uh, you know, what time it starts and, and what you can look out for, any kind of Raider gear that you're looking for or or any kind of Raider memorabilia that you may be looking for that's out there. I remember talking to her last year and I was talking about a Raiders bar stool table and lo and behold, I ended up getting that Raiders bar stool table. So there you go. You know, there's all kind of really cool things that you can get out there, but we'll cut, catch up with Christina coming up at 4 o'clock just to find out what's going on. She's a Raider Image Senior Buying Manager. Then at 4.30, Patricia Trainer, host of Locked on Giants. She'll actually join the show. I want to ask her about Waller. I want to ask her how long uh, maybe the, the folks in New York have been talking about Darren Waller or if this is something that came out of nowhere because I hadn't heard anything. And I like to pretty much keep my ear to the street when it comes to all things NFL. I don't like to just be honed in on only the Raiders. Obviously, uh, this is what we do here. And with the podcast is what I do as well as Raiders. But I like to really have the, the pulse of the league. And I hadn't heard anything from anyone who covers New York or the Giants. And I, and I do shows. I do radio shows all the time with guys uh, out east that, that, that cover the New York Giants. And so I had heard nobody say anything about, hey, uh, is Darren Waller becoming available? Hey, Darren Waller is someone that the Giants are looking at. I had heard nothing. So that's another reason why it came as a shock because I didn't think that the Giants were going to be making any moves like that to go get a guy like Darren Waller. So we'll talk to her about Darren Waller, how long maybe he's been on the radar, if this came to a surprise to her. We'll also talk a little Patrick Graham and his defensive scheme. And I do think that the Raiders are going to go very heavy when it comes to defense, especially when it comes to, you know, uh, the draft. You know, I know that there hasn't been a whole lot of defensive help that the Raiders have added so far in free agency, but I think when it comes time for the draft, I think they'll really, really get focused in on the defensive side of things, and I would not be surprised to see about a 75-80% you know, defense-to-offense ratio when it comes to the upcoming NFL draft. So those are the guests that we have coming up on the show today. Paul Gutierrez at 2.30, John McClain at 3, Mike DeBate at 3.30, Christina McMickaloon, Raider Image Senior Buyer Manager at 4, and Patricia Trainer, Locked On Giants, coming up at 4.30. So with all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So just a quick recap of what the Raiders have done so far in the legal tampering period, and today is day two. Of course, the new league year opens up tomorrow, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, so while JT's on the air is when the new league year will officially hit. I want to know how you're feeling overall. Right? How have you feel about the overall activity that the Raiders have had so far in two days of legal tampering? Uh, this time last year, if you remember, there was nothing. It was crickets. It was quiet. And everyone wondered, is Dave Ziegler uh, asleep at the wheel? What's going on? What, what is he doing? And so this year, he's been very active from the very jump, going out and making the move for Jimmy G. They also brought in Marcus Epps, the safety from the Eagles. Brandon Faison, they bring him back, the cornerback from the Colts. Jacoby Myers, that was an addition today, wide receiver. Uh, they also got a third-round pick in return for Darren Waller. That's the number 100 overall. They got an extra $11 million in cap space, putting them around $27 million or so. Losses, Jarrett Stidham and tight end Darren Waller so far. So that's who they lost. That's what they brought in. One, I want to know how you're feeling about that, and you know what do they need to do next? What is the direction next? And I know that when I say, how are you feeling about that? A lot of people are salty about the, the Darren Waller move. Look, I get it. 
I understand it. I'm not going to try to make you feel any different. I never have tried to change your mind on anything. Uh, I will just say that, you know, the guy's getting a little bit older. Uh, There's a lot of people, uh, including our guy Quick, who called in last year multiple times and said, hey, man, uh, they shouldn't even extend him because he's getting older and he's injury prone. So, you know, there's I'm sure there's two sides of the conversation. But, I mean, it kind of is what it is. They're, they're, they're in charge of putting this team together in their vision. And so I'm just kind of sitting back. I'm not trying to be over-emotional about anything. I'm just trying to see how it all shakes out, see how it builds, and see what they're able to do. And it's, it's not a one-process thing. It's not like in free agency, okay, now the, dra- the, 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 the team is going to be built. And it's not like, okay, well, the draft hits, then the team's going to be built. It's a combination of the two. So I'm kind of waiting and seeing, taking that, you know, to reserving myself to see exactly how this whole thing is put together and what their vision and what their plan is. And that's what we always talk about, right? What is the plan? We don't know it until we see it. So I do want to hear from you. And, of course, you can hit us up, don'tbebroke.com, text line is 69187, keyword R&R. And then our phone line is 702-365-9200. We have Paul Gutierrez from ESPN coming up at 2.30 to talk all things Raiders. Also, as I mentioned, today we had the – we had the uh, Raider Roundtable, and so we, it was the return to Lincoln Kennedy. We haven't talked to Lincoln in quite a while. It was great to uh, catch up with him. And sometimes you just, you know, you, I don't want to say you talk things into existence, but with Lincoln, man, he's so good and he's so knowledgeable. And when he's calling the game with Jason Horowitz, who was our guest on the show yesterday, when you call it, when he calls a game with him, he's he's looking at the whole the whole grand scheme of the whole game. And so there's a lot of things that he notices that we may not notice watching the game on TV or even that I might not notice watching the game in the press box. So I had I asked him, and this is before we heard anything about the Darren Waller news, I asked him about Jimmy G. I asked him about you know the offensive scheme, talked about Jacoby Myers being another wide receiver that knows Josh McDaniel's scheme. And it's funny, as much as we wanted to talk about the, the power run game with Josh Jacobs and him being a, you know, a really good piece of the puzzle and the fact that you know, Jimmy G had a strong run game when he was in San Francisco, so Josh Jacobs should be able to help. And the wide receivers, Devontae Adams, you know, I, I mentioned Darren Waller by name as a matter of fact, also uh, Jacoby Myers and whoever else is in the mix, Hunter Renfro. It's funny that Lincoln Kennedy went straight to blocking when he was talking about Darren Waller. So here's what, here's what Lincoln had to say earlier today on the Raider Roundtable about the tight end position. Here's the thing I want to, want to pay attention to. If we're going to, we're going to talk about the ability to run the football, we've got to address the position of perimeter blocking. Mm-hmm. So the tight end position on, on the perimeter side is, is, has got to be objective. Look, I, I like Darren Waller. I like the receiving court. There's no doubt about it, but they've got to be able to block the perimeter. And right now the Raiders need to address that when they come to the perimeter blocking, but when it comes to receiver blocking, because you got to have receivers that can block on the end to be able to open up the outside, the outside runs, the objective run, those runs on the, on the curb. So this is something that they need to address. They didn't, they couldn't do it last year. Well, um, look, I like the receiving core. I think you can open up things, but I'm also thinking about what you can do on the outside, the slide runs, you got to be able to get outside. you got to be able to block those perimeters. They need to address that as well, guys. And again, that's funny that that was before we knew about the Darren Waller trade to the Giants, but you heard him specifically talk about Darren Waller and that he just wasn't very good at blocking. And that was something that Darren Waller to himself even said multiple times, hey, I, you know, I need to be better at blocking. I need to continue to work at blocking. And so there you go. That's one major aspect to this whole puzzle is that you know, even though as, as dynamic as Darren Waller could be when healthy, uh, that was a liability part of his, his game was blocking. And Foster Morrow was actually a better blocker than Darren Waller. So I don't know how much of that had to play into this whole 
this whole, you know, trade of Darren Waller, but it just seems like it all came together real quick, fast, and in a hurry. And again, this was just after Lincoln had said something to us on the Raider Roundtable, as you can hear. That's something we recorded well before that ever got, you know, the news was ever released on it. So uh, there's that. But just thought that that was an interesting little nugget. Uh, the, this draft, I'll say that what excites me about the draft, and we've said it multiple times, Damon, is that this draft is very deep when it comes to the tight end class, including your guy, Darnell Washington, who's a Las Vegas native, went to Georgia, big dude, and you know what he does really, really well? He's a really good blocker. He's very athletic. He can catch and run downhill and really get in your in your, in your mess. But, man, I'll tell you right now, he could block like the best of them as well. Especially when they, when they say about a player that, hey, one of the benefits is that he'll be a sixth offensive lineman, hey, the catching is going to come. Hey, if he gets the ball in space, we know that he's got the athleticism. He's being compared to Gronk. But I think that it's the blocking that will set a guy like him apart. But with the deep tight end class, if all of these tight ends are so good and he had one of those Anthony Richardson-like performances at the mm-hmm. Combine, it'll be lucky. It'll be lucky if he's there in the second round for the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. He showed out at the Combine, so who knows where he's going to be available, if he's going to be available. But he's just one of many in a very deep tight end class. But uh, we do want to hear from you. Again, I want to know how you feel. And you're, the truth is fine. I'm okay with that. Uh, folks think that and get feeling some kind of way because I don't get over-emotional about a move one way or the other. I'm way past being over-emotional over, over moves, right? I mean, last year I was wrong. Devontae Adams, they traded for Devontae Adams, and I thought, wow, sky's the limit. It's going to be fantastic. I got super fired up about that, and I was wrong. So I'm not going to get super fired up about any, any moves that they make, good or bad, or, you know, or, or anything that looks like a positive move. I'm not going to get super fired up about either one of them. I'm going to wait for it to all shake out. So, uh, you know, but I do want to hear from you. I don't, I don't mind sharing your thoughts at all. Um, got one text that said, finally some wide receiver speed. I'm okay with that. Another one from Brazy in Vegas right here. He says, McDaniels hasn't learned anything from his first stint as the head coach. Said he won't listen to us players, as noted in the NFLPA workplace survey. Uh, Ziegler, the GM, don't know enough football to question McDaniels blowing several leads, as he admitted on Bustle with the Boys podcast. They both think they're the smartest guys in the room and are going to be uh, to fail or succeed their way. Guess Mark gives them two years to prove it before we start all over again. I pray, I pray to Al Davis it works, but I'm not very optimistic. Uh, and second free agency. I'm not, oh, year two of the second free agency. All right, that'll work. Uh, thank you for that text. Sorry, Brazy, I messed it up at the end. But, yeah, thanks for the, the text. Obviously, you're not very high on any of the moves, and, uh, yeah, just not very confident in the direction. That's okay. Again, no one's asking you to be super confident in the direction, right, until it plays out. And that's what I'm, I'm taking a wait-and-see approach. doesn't matter what anyone feels about it. I'm taking a wait-and-see approach to see how it all shakes out and see if the moves that they make. Because, look, I'll say this. You know, like, like the texter said, well, they think they're the smartest guys in the room. They know more about football and building a team than we do. And I say we. I include me. I include DeMond. And I include just everyone else, just random, random people, right? Because they, they're, they're in the front office for a reason. So they know what they're doing. Now, I'm not saying that it means it's going to work. But they, they have an idea of what they're doing. It's not like they just got a job because they were out in the corner and they were cool cats. Right. So I have an idea that they have a better idea of building a team than we do. So I'm just going to trust uh, that they can do it and that they will do it again. We won't know until we see the results, but it just kind of is what it is at this point. But I understand the frustrations. Uh, Gizmo said, Q, I just find it funny how the fans are quick to point out Jimmy G injury history and are the same fans that ignore how Darren Waller has been missing games these last two seasons on IR. And that's not a bad point at all. And I've, I've been victim of that myself. I've pointed out Jimmy G's injury history to on blue in the face. 
I've said that so many times, but I haven't really called out Darren Waller and his injury history over the past couple seasons. I haven't. I'll be the first to admit that. So that's on me as well. I should have done that. As a matter of fact, we had someone when I tweeted out that I didn't see this move coming. Someone said, you should have. Best ability is availability. Isn't that what you always say? Which is true. This is what I always say. And I just figured with Darren Waller, with the, the way that he's such a great player when he's out there and he's healthy and he's contributing, figured, okay, he's going to get at least another year. But, yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. So, Geese Mode, uh, not only did, did fans ignore that, but I, I ignored that. That's, uh, that's my fault as well. Uh, how about last year we thought Ziggler was asleep at the wheel. This year we think he's drunk at the wheel. Uh, that's a good one. That's a funny one. Mailman Raider said, Q, can't say I'm surprised. Age mixed with injuries and even some cases of the dropsies. Not surprised. The Patriot way was trade the player a year earlier than a year late. I brought up last year when Roquan was on the block that we should try to trade Waller for him, uh, realistic or not, and I had some pushback from people. Now we get a third for him. Is he worth that next season? No, I doubt it. One more year of Waller versus a third rounder for 10 years. Hopefully, studs could be found with this pick, and that's a good point. Uh, last year, as a matter of fact, I believe Green Bay uh, offered, basically traded up, or no, he, the Green Bay didn't. He was going to be a part of the Devontae Adams trade. Originally, he was part of that. And then I believe that the Raiders were offered a second-round pick and didn't take it for Darren Waller. And now that you kind of look back at it, you probably should have. Right? I mean, that's, that's kind, of, kind of how you got to look at it at this point. They probably should have taken that second-round pick because obviously the value would be higher than a third-round pick. But now, a little bit of time later, they get a third round in return. And again, I'm impressed that they got a third-round pick. I saw a lot of Giants fans saying that they should have gave up nothing more than a fifth-round pick. In a draft that's very deep at the tight end position, I'm really, really surprised that that they were able to get a third-round pick, but there's that. Uh, let's see. We got a text. Hey, Q, this is Michelle. Can you give a shout-out to my wonderful husband, Army Vet Jace, uh, a.k.a. Vegas Jess. Happy 50th birthday, my love. You're such an amazing husband and father with love. Michelle, Jason, Noah, Gabe, Demi, and Taylor. There you go. Vegas Jess. Happy birthday to my guy, 50 years old. We were actually out at the Sahara Las Vegas on Sunday, and we were celebrating his birthday a little bit early. We were in the pool area that I talked about last week. And I'll tell you right now, one, first of all, they took great care of us uh, at the Sahara Las Vegas in the pool area. It was awesome, right? I mean, it was great weather for, for a pool activity and everything. It was like 74, years, uh, 74 uh, degrees. I mean, it was, it was fantastic, right? So uh, we were there, got some really good food, had some nice beverages, pool was beautiful. Uh, they had the jacuzzi out there. We all had a great time. So want to thank them for having us out there and, and hosting us. But also, uh, shout out to my guy Vegas Jess, man. I mean, 50 years old. It's his birthday today. Uh, really good dude. Is always out and about town. Always supporting the silver and black. So uh, yeah, Michelle, thank you so much uh, for that text. I do appreciate you. And Vegas Jess, my guy, happy birthday. Happy birthday and happy birthday. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Get some calls in. 702-365-9200. Get some text in. Plus, we'll hear from Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. This is Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. The beautiful thing about doing a radio show you don't get to keep up with everything. And now I'm going through, during the commercial break, I'm going through our don'tbebroke.com text line. I do appreciate all the texts that we're receiving, good and bad. And I saw a text that said, Philip Dorsett to the Raiders, and I figured that someone was saying that they'd like to see Philip Dorsett added to the Silver and Black. When, in fact, they were telling me that, Q, 
just a few minutes ago, it was announced that Philip Dorsett has reached an agreement with the Raiders. Uh, that's from our guy Aaron Wilson, who we had on the radio show last week. He used to work for the Houston Chronicle, similar to John McClain. Uh, he said, per league source, a former Colts first-round pick, also played for the Seahawks, Jaguars, and Patriots. Dorsett has 4-3-3 speed, 151 career catches, 2,001 yards, and 12 TDs. And it's what he is. He's a burner. He's a burner. I wouldn't say he's the most consistent receiver, the most consistent catcher of the ball, but he does have that speed. So something that we talked quite a bit about was speed, speed, speed. They need to add some speed. So uh, as I'm talking about how do you feel about the moves, I got to add another one. Philip Dorsett is another move that the Raiders have made. So now they've added Jimmy G, Marcus Epps is the safety, Brandon Faison cornerback, Jacoby Myers wide receiver, Philip Dorsett wide receiver, a number three overall pick, giving them 12 total picks in the upcoming draft, uh, extra $11 million in cast space, which obviously is going to be cut down now because of another signing, but they have a little bit more cast space and they lose Jarrett Stidham and tight end Darren Waller. So I do want to hear from you. Uh, what do you think of the moves that the Raiders have made so far? Uh, got a lot of great feedback on the WBroke.com text line, but we want to hear from you as well. 702-365-9200. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN will join us in a matter of minutes, but let's go out to L.A. and talk to our friend Eddie in L.A. Welcome to the show. How you doing, Q? What a day, what a day, what a life from being a Raider fan, let me tell you. <laughs> That's why this uh, rooting for this team is not for the Worry your heart, man. You gotta have uh, you gotta have it to be a Raider fan long term. Days like today, this was the reason when I was in very high on McDaniel's when they hired him is the fact that he was gonna come in and gut out the team. Uh, uh, we paid attention a lot, especially if you listen to the morning show, how he learned from his mistakes when he was in Denver and yada yada yada. And we bought into it last off season, and then we know where that went. He's doing the exact same thing. Whether it works this time around, whether it didn't work in Denver. We, we all have to wait and find out, get our popcorn to see if it's going to work. But to be able to do the moves that they did last year, right, go after Adams. It totally uh, it gave us hope that, this, that they were going in a different direction, keep car, build for the future, contend, not rebuild. What they're doing this year, deconstructing the team, get, leaves you scratching your head. Yes, of course, Waller was hurt. And, and money has become an issue. But let's not forget, don't let this, uh, the, uh, this front office off the hook. They're the ones that signed Darren Waller to that type of a, con- uh, a contract that limited the amount of money they were going to be able to do. They did the same thing with D.C. Now, we can all say the quarterback position is being high-paid, whatever. But they did it. They could have traded him last offseason. You know, when they were in New England, they were always high, right? Trade high, year early, get maximized compensation, and then build the team going forward. They did it. They chose to keep him. They chose to spend a draft capital to get Adams. So we all thought everything was changing. It was different, different from what they were doing in New England, right? What, what's so different about it? They're changing everything now. They're, they're doing it their way, getting their players to see if it works. We're all got to wait and sit here and fall back to see if it actually works. But to get rid of them after signing, you know, after signing Jimmy G, and it just leaves you wondering, who else is left and what kind of a team do we really have? And not, doing, not, not only that, what are we really building to? Are they going to go fully for defense and to rebuild it the right way? Then I can get behind that, okay? <laughs> but what I, what I can't get behind is waiting a year too long to trade them and lose value. And we can argue that he got, they could have got better with him, whatever. But last year, Green Bay was giving us their, a second. Okay, there was multiple teams calling to give the Raiders first-round picks for their card. 
That's what. That's how, that's what. Do we know that? So okay. Hey, th- thanks for the call, Eddie. I, I gotta take a break. I mean, now you're throwing out all these different reports that we're hearing. We don't know that for a fact. We don't know that the Raiders were trying to get or getting first round calls for Derek Carr. I don't. I don't believe that. To be honest with you, I don't buy that. Uh, and I do know about the the Darren Waller, the second round pick last year. I mean, is it possible that he just made a mistake and said, "Hey, you know what? We we want to try it. We want to see if it's going to work," and it didn't. So they decided to move on. I mean, is that a possibility, or is that is that out of the question, right? I mean, that's that's what you got to think about. Sometimes mistakes happen. Sometimes you you, you think that something's going to look one way and it doesn't. How many mistakes have you made? I know I've made a ton of mistakes and say, you know what? I should have done it this way the first time. Well, if I could take this back, then I would, right? I mean, we do that all the time. So I'm again. I don't. I can't get inside their head. I'm not inside their head. All I can do is react to what's going on right now. Should they have traded Darren Waller last year? Probably, right? There's plenty of people that called the show, probably you, that said, don't give him a contract extension. They did. They went for the hell of it. It didn't work. They moved on. They got the best out. They got the most they can get at this point. I mean, that's, that's all I can really say about it. I mean, I can't, I can't speculate and say what they should have got, what, what they were going to get, because I, I, I don't know that for a fact. I don't, the whole car first round thing, I don't buy that, though. I'm not buying that at all. You got to show me where, where Derek Carr was going to be given up for, or get a first round pick in return for him. You got to show me that. Did you ever see that? Damon? Only thing that I saw about it was the Colts, and I feel like that was more of um, going into the first season in Vegas, not this past season going into the Josh McDaniels era. Okay. Well, that, that's, that's a big difference, right? That's a whole nother year removed. So if we're going to go back a few years, maybe. But I, I didn't see anything last year that said that teams were calling the Raiders giving give up a first-round pick for a Derek Carr. And honestly, that era is over anyway. So that's something that, I mean, if we're still crying about that, we got to move on from that. Coming up next, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. He'll join the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. This is where the big boys play, huh? Look at the adjective. Play. We ain't here to play. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. I don't get the reference. Damon, you got to educate me there. I know when we have our next guest, it's always a special special intro, but I don't get it. You got to tell me. Educate me. Uh, that was from uh, WCW Nitro when the Outsiders were invading WCW that went on to be the NWO. Ah. And WCW say this is where the big boys play. All right. Well, but notice the adjective. We ain't here to play. <laughs> All right. Well, the big boys play, and they play here on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. And, of course, whenever we have a custom intro, that means Paul Gutierrez from ESPN is joining the show. And, Paul, we do appreciate you, my man. And uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how was that intro for you? Uh, that you know, it needs to play out a little bit longer, but the history behind it from Demond, uh, excuse me, Cowboy Cotton, uh, you know, that came with it. I mean, that that puts it over the top. And as he would say, we are just too sweet. There it is. There it is. All right, there we go. I'll give Demond a, a double double <laughs> thumbs up then on the intro production work there for Paul. We do appreciate that. So Paul, it's been a very busy couple days, which is 100% opposite of what it was last season when it came to the legal tampering period where the Raiders were doing nothing. I wanted to start off talking yeah. Jimmy G, but that seems like old news now. How about Darren Waller to the Giants for a third round pick? How surprised were you by that move or were you surprised by that move? Yes and no. Uh, surprised, especially since uh, Josh McDaniel said at the Combine that Darren Waller was going to be a big part of what they were doing going forward. And we all know that things change and that you know, you can only trust the coaches for it. You can throw them when it comes to what they're saying like that. Not, not saying that, that he did anything disingenuous or dishonest, but he said what he said. So it kind of put that fear or that, not necessarily a fear from, from our perspective, but 
that notion to rest, right? Because we all knew that he was on the block last year, and the reports were that the Packers were willing to give up a second rounder for him. And if you're not going to give up a second rounder for him then, why would you do a third rounder now? Then you start digging into the numbers, and you realize, well, he didn't really have that great of a season. And ever since he got hurt on Thanksgiving in uh, Dallas two years ago, something's just kind of been off with him, and the production has gone way down. And But you also figured that he'd be a big part of what this team was going to be doing going forward. So... Yes and no. Long answer to your short question, Q. No, no, you know, and that's kind of the way I looked at it as well. I, I thought that he was going to get at least one more year, and he didn't. So, okay, that's that's how that's how it's going to work. So, uh, also, are you surprised that they were able to get a third round pick when the draft is so deep at the tight end position? Well, a little bit, but also maybe that's just something that Darren wanted to do as well. That you know, he obviously uh, is going to the biggest market in the country. Not that he had any say, so you know, he didn't have a no trade clause or anything like that, but. But it is interesting so soon, especially on a personal level, that he just got married right. to one of the stars of the local WNBA champion aces, which, again, another wrench into the whole thing or something to think about is, is owned by Mark Davis, who also owns the Raiders. So there's a lot of things that are going into this that kind of make you sit back and scratch your head. Um, you know, yeah, I, I thought he would get another year just to prove it, just to show it. But if the Raiders are really kind of going all in with the, under the new regime, which has been given all the job security in the world, they would seem. Uh, clearing another $11 million out of salary cap space with a deep and loaded uh, draft class at tight end, that, that would seem to point in a certain direction there as well. Again, we're talking with Paul Gutierrez from ESPN here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So Jimmy G was the first move that the Raiders made, and that looked like a move that had to be made quick just because there was other teams that probably wanted his services. What do you think he brings to the table outside of familiarity with Josh McDaniels uh, that we may see in 2023 with him behind center? Well, if he's if he's healthy, and that's always been right. the question, right? That's that's the big thing, and, and we've said this in the locker room forever: is that the best ability is availability. And, and you know, red flags spoke right away. He missed eighteen games over the past three years, and that's not just because of injury, but injury has played a major part in his career. Um, what he brings, besides the familiarity, uh, as soon as he gets there, he's going to own that locker room because anywhere he's been, he's been that guy. I, I did uh, talk radio up in the Bay Area today with Greg Papa, who's you know he's the rate the voice. Out. He could not speak highly enough of what Jimmy Garoppolo did in that locker room, how guys would follow him and, and you know go to battle for him. And things. So he's going to bring that. Not that that's any different than Derek, but, but it just seemed like what happened with Derek was time just simply ran out. And, you know, I think, you know, to, to, to quote Derek as he was talking to the great Willie G, Willie Ramirez, when Willie asked him a question one time, he said, no, no, no. He cut him off and said, to answer your real question, a lot of fans have been asking me, is he a better, is he better than Derek? I don't think that's the real question. The real question is, is he a better fit? Right. And the answer to that is, on, no doubt, absolutely, he's a better fit. We saw how much a better fit Jared Stidham was last year in those two games that he started when he looked more comfortable in that system than Derek did in 15. So is he a better fit? Yes. Is that, does that mean he's an upgrade? Yes. When you throw in the money, they saved about $6 million in guaranteed money over the next two years. That makes it a little bit better, too. So. He's got to stay healthy. You got to keep him upright. You still got to work on that offensive line. Absolutely. And as far as the you know staying uh, injury free, which is something that's difficult for him to do, Jared Stidham's now in Denver, so they don't have that backup that is very familiar with the scheme that could just slide in. So how do they address that backup position? Is it uh, something that you think that they squarely focus in on around pick number seven when it comes to the end of April in the draft? I'm not sure, especially right now on March 14th. I mean, right. it's funny. You see, he's got to stay injury-free, but he's got to be like you and stay sucker-free too, right? <laughs> That's so, right. Um, <laughs> so I'm not sure. I mean, 
it doesn't make sense to me if you're going to pay the money to go get Jimmy G. And yeah, he probably is more of a bridge than anything at this point. But if you're doing that, I don't know if you're really in the market now to trade up to get one of those top three guys. Okay. Uh, Levis might still be there at seven, but I don't know if he's a fit. To me, what kind of makes the most sense right now, now you've got your starting quarterback. You got him in play. You got him in the building. He's there, blah, blah, blah. At seven, now you can address the offensive line with one of those tackles at a right tackle spot, or you can go defense. Mm-hmm. And depending upon what their philosophy is, do they like to build the defense from the outside in or the inside out? You know, that cornerback, Christian Gonzalez, is going to be there at seven from Oregon, and that might be a real, real nice pick to take there at seven as well. And then you look at Endon Hooker in the second round, who we all know uh, Dave Ziegler is high on, or even Jake Hayner from Fresno. And I know the Raiders and Fresno State quarterbacks, okay, whatever. But, you know, third round, fourth round, something like that, that, that might be interesting there too. And then you also know they got to sign a veteran off the street to come in and, and compete as well. So they're by no means are they done. Chase Garbers is the only one in the building with experience really right now in silver and black. Um, yeah, they've, they've got to do about two or three more moves at quarterback. I'll tell you what, you said Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon, man, and that really piqued my interest. That's a, a hell of a, a corner. Uh, he's long. He's rangy. He can play that, that man-to-man press coverage that Patrick Graham wants. I wouldn't be upset at all if the Raiders win after him at number seven if they do just stay pat right there. So I think they have a lot of different options that they could explore when the draft comes up. But like you said, it's not till the end of April. Paul Gutierrez is our guest from ESPN here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Go ahead, Damon. We've been talking about a lot of the offensive moves, Jimmy G, Darren Waller being traded, Jacoby Myers. Do you think that they're going to make a big splash and bring, bring in somebody on the defensive side with that remaining cap space on, on def- excuse me, in free agency? Well, they're going to have to, right? I mean, nobody's going to – I was talking to a friend of mine who's a season ticket holder last night. He's like, well, what, who else are they going to get? What, what big moves can they possibly make? He said, well, it's not going to be any bigger than Jimmy G, at least not in terms of stature and or money because you're not going to pay anybody more than the quarterback, right? So – uh, what do they need to do? Another edge rusher or somebody that can collapse the pocket from the interior would be great. Uh, they don't really have any linebackers. I, I put up like a, uh, a skeleton crew starting lineup today uh, on both sides, and I was like, oh, my gosh, they, they really don't have any linebackers. So it's kind of that that would be where I would think they would need to look in free agency first would be at linebacker. And, you know, you could do worse than re-signing Denzel Perriman. He knows the scheme. Uh, when he's healthy, he's a pro bowler, as he showed two years ago. And, and you kind of build from there and go without. But I do believe they're going to have to make a quote-unquote uh, high profile, if not so much a splash, signing on the defensive side of the ball, too. Are, are there any players out there that you can think of off the top of your head that would be a splash, or or at least when they sign them, Raider Nation wouldn't be so doom and gloom? <laughs> uh, I think if they went and got Jordan Poyer, that would, that would get a lot of people talking right there. But they already addressed safety, right, with that? Right. So, but can you ever have enough? I mean, no. and then what does that mean for, for Trevon Merrick? I mean, you know, he, he's a starting free safety in the NFL for a reason, too, unless you they want to move on from him. But I can't see that happening either. So it's a, uh, there's a lot of pieces that still are in, in, you know, the situation is always fluid. And again, I always say this, and I put the little asterisk by it, it's March 14th. Right. Um, but this is what it's all about, too. It's all about kind of looking out and seeing what's out there and how do they fit and, you know, with Waller, they saved a little million. And now you got a lot of people saying, oh, well, because they, they signed Jacoby Myers, that then means that they're going to move on from Hunter Renfro. I thought that Myers was coming in to be a number two where mm-hmm. Renfro can work exclusively out of the slot. Um, we'll see. 
We'll see, because that could save some money there, too. Because remember, both he and Waller got those extensions last year, too. No doubt. And I was going to ask you about Myers and, and what he brought to the table, because I'm like you. As soon as I saw the news, I thought, okay, there you go. There's your number two wide receiver right there. He had great production last season with the Patriots, over 800 yards, six touchdowns. Uh, you know, he played in 14 games, has over 60 catches. Uh, he was a good he was a good contributor, and I figured across with Devontae, that would be, you know, that would be a nice little blend together. How do you think he fits in this offense now moving forward? I think that's where he, he does. I mean, looking at it right here and now, and, and a lot of people say, well, he works out of the slot, he does this, that, and the other. To me, it's where did he work when he was with Josh McDaniels in New England? Because his production was even better two years ago mm-hmm. when Mac Jones was a rookie. So it, it's a lot of that, and it's easy to do, I guess. It, it's the cheap way out is just to look, okay, well, what did Josh McDaniels do with these guys when he was looking for? But, but it, it's panning out. I mean, you see it exactly. Um, if nothing else, I mean, he, he, he factors to me like a number two, and, and you keep Hunter in the slot, and, and you just kind of build from there. Um, you know, and, and again, another old friend who's a big time BC Boys fan, he, he's quoting Jacoby Myers there. He says, I got more suit than Jacoby Myers. So, uh, <laughs> I'll let DeMond find that next. Right. Yeah. We'll, we'll tell, we'll tell DeMond to dig into the, to the crates for that one, see if he can pull that one out. You know, it's funny. DeMond asked about a, a, a free agent that might fire up the fan base. I think anyone that doesn't have Patriot ties will fire up the fan base. That's, that's, that's a big part of it. It depends upon what part of the fan base, right? I mean, that's that's the thing is like I actually did an article last week, six intriguing free agents, and of course two of them were Patriots, and, right. and of course one of them was Jacoby Myers. So and and also you know uh, Jimmy G too. So who follows in the footsteps of Jim Plunkett? Not only as a former Forty Nine er coming to the Raiders, but as a former Patriot. Plunkett remember went number one overall back in nineteen seventy one. I don't know if you were alive. I was only one year old at that point. Though. I, I was on my way. <laughs> I wasn't there yet. I was. <laughs> I was on my way. Uh, my, my pops was still working, right? He was still putting in work. He wasn't. He wasn't. <laughs> he was still practicing. He was. He was in the batter's box, but he wasn't hitting home runs yet. You know, it took him a little while to get it out the infield. Just saying. <laughs> this conversation is getting worse and worse. <laughs> exactly. Paul, something I want to ask you about: Josh Jacobs, after the Darren Waller trade happened, he can say that hey, it wasn't about that, but he tweeted blank. It's sad, man. So, do you think that after this season that we? see a deal get done because I think that he plays out the franchise tag and then he's gone after this coming season. Well, and that's the last thing you want, right, is, is a, a franchise tied player being disgruntled. Um, and you've seen it happen with guys that get the tag slapped on them. Look, they got until July 27th before to, to work out a long-term deal. And to me, that, that's kind of the magic date. Once you go through free agency, once you sign all your draft picks, again, you've got 12 draft picks right now. I don't expect them to have 12. I expect them to make some moves and and lose a pick or two here and there. Um, and once you figure out where your cap situation is at that point, then you're able to figure out, okay, what's our long-term deal here with the first running back in franchise history to, to lead the league in rushing since Marcus Allen. So I do, like, if, if, were I a betting man, I'd probably say, yeah, they, they're going to figure something out. But, uh, you know, you, you guys, you've both been around Josh Jacobs enough to know that he's, he's very off the cuff, yeah. very real. Mm-hmm. But he's not Dave Chappelle when real when get, keeping it real goes wrong. <laughs> no. So it's real interesting to kind of use him as kind of the 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 moon ring of what the locker room is because he's he's, he's that guy. He really is that dude. Right. It's going to be interesting, man. It really is. Obviously, this is only day two of the legal tampering period. The new league year hasn't even started yet, and there's already a lot more moves than it happened a season ago under Dave Ziegler, Joshua Daniels, and Champ Kelly. Well, Paul, you know I always ask you what you got coming out, what you're working on that we should be on the lookout for. 
I'm, I'm diving into uh, Jacoby Myers and his uh, connection to the Beastie Boys and Shine Rock. No, nice. Uh, I like that's it. I'm going to put on to dig into. I'll send you guys a link to it. Now, I, I want to find out exactly what, what the, like like all of us, right, on the beat. We want to find out what, how does Jimmy G fit? Is he simply a bridge? Is he a long-term situation? And how they draft is going to kind of determine that. The contract situation, the connection with, with uh, Josh McDaniels, how does this all come about? Because as we all know, Tom Brady was target number one. But in my mind, Jimmy G was always target 1A. And for people to be surprised by that, and to not realize that he actually is a better fit in this system and Derek Carr is a better fit in the system, that to me is, is, is kind of this all-encompassing story that I will kind of want to dive into once we finally get a chance to talk to Jimmy, talk to Josh, and just kind of figure out, talk to people on the periphery, how this all came to fruition. Paul, no matter how you scale it, on the Paul Gutierrez scale, what are you giving Cree 3? I had a hard time, man. I had a hard time with not even a single mention of Rocky let alone, and I don't want to be a spoiler here, but it's been out over a week. I guess we can do that now, right? Yeah, before, before. Uh, Rocky wasn't at the funeral. How, how's Rocky not at the funeral? I thought it was going to be Rocky's funeral. But if Rocky's not at the funeral, they just totally him out, wrote him out. And the fact that uh, the heavyweights look like they should be fighting flyweight, I mean, come on, man. I mean, at least at least my man Kang the Conqueror looks like a miniature Tyson when he came in the ring with, with no, no robe on and you know, just looking fearsome. Um, I give it a seven and a half. So my question is, because I haven't done this yet, do I need to go see it or should I just go ahead? Because, look, I made the mistake and went and saw Cocaine Bear, and I'm still paying for that one. Do I, do I need to go see Creed? Let me know, please. Yes, you do. If for nothing else, the opening song is Dre the Watcher. Okay. That's, that's all you really need to do. All right, I'm good with that then. I'm good with that. It's got to be better yeah. than Cocaine Bear, right? I, I should have known that. that was wrong. I went and saw it. I want to go see that. Yeah, yeah. No, you really don't. <laughs> you really don't, Paul. Save your money, brother. I'm telling you, I'm trying. Hey, look, there's an Air Max 270s that are coming out that you can get instead of going and seeing Cocaine Bear. Just saying. What color? Um, They got the white ones in the blue and the red back, and then they got white ones with the, it's like a peach kind of watermelon. It's it's pretty cool. You know, those are my favorite shoes, so those are coming but out. But that's not the cost of a movie ticket, I might add. It might as well be. You go yeah, buy a ticket, and then yeah. you got to buy snacks and all that. By the time you do that, you might as well have put a mortgage out on your house. True story. See? True story. See, I'm just saying. All right, well, Paul, appreciate you as always, brother. We'll see you soon. All right, DeMond, hit me more on some NWA knowledge because it is Ooh. for life. There it is. Yes, sir. Paul Gutierrez, ESPN.com. Uh, always puts out great work at P. Gutierrez, ESPN on Twitter. You can check him out. 2.49 is the time. Uh, Dimash, should I just go up to the top? What should I do here? What do you want yeah, me let's to do? do that. Let me, let's, get, let's get some co- – let, let me get, get a couple texts in real quick. Yeah. I got a couple good texts because, uh, one, I want to address real quick. Uh, I think it's a understand. It's very understandable, the text. It's from Jason in Maryland. He always sends in some really good stuff, and he says, no, nah, Q, he's talking about Derek Carr. You're missing the point on Carr. They didn't have to give him extension – uh, that extension with the cut date two days at the Super Bowl. He walked as a free agent. They could have just maybe threw him some cash, make some money in the final year guaranteed. But no, they extended him uh, with a cut date. He becomes a free agent anyway, and they don't get the comp pick. It's kind of obvious they're new to this, but it's a lot of defending those moves. McDaniel's doing the same thing he did in Denver. Look, again, I'm not in their heads. I don't know why. I don't have to. De- they don't need me to defend anything. <laughs> right? I don't. I barely defend myself, let alone defend anyone else. I don't have to defend anyone. Uh, that was the move that they made. That was the decision they made. They they gave him a contract extension. He was going into the last year of his deal. I believe that this is the reason they gave it to him was because they thought it was going to work and it didn't. They gave Waller an extension. Same reason. They gave Renfro an extension. Same reason. They brought Devontae Adams in with the, what I believe was the thought that. 
They were going to make everything work, and it was going to be fantastic. At least that's what I said going into the season, right? 10 or 11 wins. That was what I said. I don't come in here to BS anyone. I don't make up stuff. I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything or, or blow smoke up anyone's backside. If I think it looks like a duck, I'll say it looks like a duck. But on paper, the team looked like it was going to be really good last year. Yeah, it just you, didn't turn out that way, and I was wrong. The biggest indicator that they thought that this team could win is that you don't make the move for Devontae Adams and make him right. the highest-paid receiver We had in passionate football. Raider calling in. Talk, remember he was calling in talking about, oh, it's a rebuild, rebuild. And, and my argument was you don't make that move for Devontae if you're going to rebuild. And they won six games. So I was completely wrong. And the thing about me that's different from a lot of other people, I'll admit it. I have no problem saying that. I have, I have no reason to defend anyone because I'm – who am I? I'm just, I'm just a normal person. I ain't nobody special. So me saying anything ain't defending them. They don't need me to defend them. They honestly don't care. I think that for most people it's more about Josh McDaniels and, hey, we've seen it in Denver before or the lateral move at best of bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo even though he's a better fit or people could just – And I've been very adamant about that move. I'm not thrilled about that move. You know, the guy's injury prone, right? We all know that. So he has to do whatever he has to do to stay healthy. Or it just seems as some people where you look at two years ago and rather if it was a fluke or who knows how good that roster is, when you come in and you take over for a playoff team, it's hard to tell the fan base, well, why aren't we still there at that level? Why aren't we right. a perennial playoff team? And that's hard to come to grips with where you just say, hey, that was a magical run. No one, oh, you t- now you're telling me the team wasn't that good? No. But maybe there were some circumstances and the team rallies around all of those circumstances and puts it together. And you got to factor in COVID that no one else wants to do. That maybe if every team that they played down the stretch was healthy, they don't make the playoffs. But they did, and I give them a lot of credit for that because that was also something I was wrong about. <laughs> something else I was wrong about. I didn't think that there was any chance in hell they would win four in a row at the end of that season to make the playoffs. They did. We were surprised around here. I was surprised, uh, pleasingly surprised. Right? I mean, it was great. It was great. It was fun. What a, a fun run that was. Doesn't mean that that was necessarily a playoff team. I don't want to take anything away from them because they earned that. They did everything that they could to earn that. The whole staff, the players, everyone. Equipment managers, everyone. That was, <laughs> I mean, they did. Everybody they, did their part. Yeah, they all played their part. So I'll never take anything away from them. That that was a surprise as well. I mean, it just, again, it is what it is. So uh, believe me, nobody needs me to defend them on anything. I defend me at times. Very lightly, I'll defend me. I, I defend people in my house. <laughs> My family and my kids, that's who I defend. I don't need to defend anyone else. They don't need to hear anything from me. 2.53 is the time. We'll come back. We'll uh, talk to John McClain, gallerysports.com, Sports Radio 610, Radio Nation Radio 920.